Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Yes, yes, yes. Well, 2019, here we are. Here we are, off and running here in January, and, and I hope your year is uh, starting out good. Uh, one thing I want to draw your attention to is uh, our church has been uh, fasting the first part of this year. We just feel like uh, what a way to start off your year fasting and praying and really uh, dedicating your, your year to God. And so uh, we've been doing that. And hey, if you haven't uh, been able to participate for whatever reason, maybe you haven't been the last couple of weeks and you'd like to jump in with our January fast, it's not too late. It's not too late. Um, in fact, we have this card that we made up for you, and you can get it at our Connect Center, uh, that has all of the details of what fasting is, different fasts that you can do, uh, and, and we would love for you to jump in with us, all right? So, so if you haven't participated, uh, please uh, feel free to join us right now. And let me tell you what people are telling me and what God's been doing just in the last couple of weeks of, of people's fasts and their prayer times is pretty awesome. I know, I know he's been speaking to me through this uh, last couple of weeks through this process, so I encourage you to get involved with that. We're continuing our series today entitled, This Is Us. Someone say, This Is Us. This is us, and you know, how many of you know that it's really important uh, to know what you're signing up for and what something or someone or some group is all about before you join? You know what I'm talking about? Um, whatever that looks like. I mean, I've caught myself in, in situations before where I was a part of a group, and I, I looked over at a buddy and said, Wait, what, are we, what are we all about again? Like, what... what what are, we, what are we doing here? And, and I don't know if you've maybe, uh, his, you know, in your past, maybe you were a part of a church and, and you maybe looked over at your neighbor and said, what's this place all about? What are we doing? And really, this series is all about explaining and talking about who we are as the church of Jesus Christ, and specifically in our context Church for All Nations. And so we are really unpacking what we're all about. And, and so we entitled this series, This Is Us. And I, I, I hear there's a TV show, This Is Us, too. But that, this isn't that, all right? Um, um, but th- this is us. And so we've been talking about culture. And really, we've been breaking down the methodology. So, so, so we've been talking about uh, how we get to where we want to be as followers of Jesus. So last week, uh, we talked about uh, the methodology of knowing God. Many of you were introduced to God, but it's just not an introduction to God. It requires interaction. It requires spending time with Him. It requires speaking to Him. But that, it doesn't just stop right there. In fact, God wants to be intimate with you. And what I've found in my own personal life, it's in the intimate, quiet, alone moments with God where he's really speaking to me, where the Holy Spirit is really nudging me, but it, it requires me to get quiet. And how many of you know, I talked about uh, my, my, uh, my daughter being born last week. How many of you know that you know, intimacy isn't always pretty? It can get dirty and messy and scary at times. Even in those moments where you're afraid, he's speaking, he's speaking. So we talked about knowing God. 
The second part of the methodology is finding freedom. I'm going to talk about that today. Next week, I want you to be here because we're we're going to talk about discovering your purpose. How many of you know that you are all created specifically with an assignment, many assignments even in your lifetime, with purpose, with giftings, and, 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 and you will run that much further and harder if you're running your lane and, and, and knowing what you were created to do and what your purpose is. And then once you've discovered your purpose, then you can really make a difference. And Jesus was very clear. He said, go and make disciples, right? He, he said, go out and serve and all of these different things. We are called to make a difference. And let me tell you, this community needs you. This is a broken place. And we didn't come in here today just to gather and, and, and then go, that was great, we'll see you next Sunday. No, 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 seven days a week, the Holy Spirit is nudging us and we have to be open to what that looks like in making a difference. So today, I wanna talk about what it looks like to really find freedom. You know, um, I know a lot of good people who love God. In fact, who are pursuing the ways of God. But they walk around life with so much bondage. They keep carrying brokenness and hurt. And it's like for every two steps forward in their walk of faith, it's like three steps backwards for them. And I meet with people like this on a regular basis who are, who are just frustrated. And when we begin to talk, when we begin to unpack what's going on in their life, it always goes back to stuff that happened in the past. It always goes back to stuff that they're dealing with and struggling with, and the enemy continues to lie to them and say, hey, you're too broken. You're too still wrapped up in change to, to, to make a difference for God in your community or just to even be free yourself. And I'm reminded, I'm reminded that in John chapter 8, verse 36, it says, whom the sun sets free is, for, is truly free indeed, but I know followers of Jesus who are not truly free, and it breaks my heart. And so the question is, how do we get free? How do we find freedom? The type of freedom that Jesus is talking about. The, 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 the type of freedom that Amber was singing about at the beginning of this experience. In fact, I know, I know believers who do this. They wake up in the morning, right? And they get out of bed. And they, 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 they pick up their uh, bulletproof vest. No, I'm kidding. Um, they, they, they pick up, they, they pick up all of their brokenness and chains and they like, they like put it on like this. They wake up in the morning and they say, oh man, this is who I am. And they, and they strap up their bitterness, right? They get up in the morning. No one in here, nobody in here does this. But I, I, I know Jesus people that wake up in the, man, this is heavy. Um, they wake up in the morning and they, and, they, and they put on their addiction once again. They, they, they get out of bed and they, and they strap up the unforgiveness that they have towards their father, or whatever it is. They wake up in the morning and they go, man, this is who I am. I love God, but man, I am going to do life with all of this weight and all of this hurt. And they, and, and they, and they start off, they, the first, they're brushing their teeth and they're already weighted down, man. And they walk through life just, just carrying this. 
right? In fact, not only do they strap this on in the morning, head to the office, head to school with brokenness and shame and fear and addiction and all of these different things, not, not only do they do that, they even, they even try to conceal it, right? So, so not only do they have it, they're, they're strapped up, they're ready to go, got the smile on, but then what they do is, 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 they, is they, they try to hide it, right? And they go, before I get out of here, I can't let anybody know what's going on in my life. Yeah, I lo- God, I love you, but this is my, you know how this goes, and, and what they do is they, they put it on there, and okay, all right, no one can tell. All right, I'm good, I'm good. And they, and they head to the office, man. Oh, man, oh, praise God. Good to see you, Jerry. Love you today, man, so good. And, they, and, they, and, they, and Jerry goes, man, there's something kind of weird about JF. Oh, no, I'm, I'm good, man. I got it all together, and God's good, and ah, da, 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 and I'm headed to C-Fan on Sunday, and I'm gonna stand in the front and raise my hands, and I'm gonna kneel down on the ground, I'm gonna do all these things, and, and, they, and, they, and they walk around life, and not only are they carrying the hurt and the pain and the brokenness and the past and the addiction and the broken heart and all of these things, they, 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 they try to hide it. And I know too many followers of Jesus that do life like this. And you know what happens? It begins to eat you from the inside out. You're, you're, you're literally like you're spiritually rotting. And this is not the life that Jesus has for you. He he does not want this for you. He came to set you and I free. All right? He doesn't want you to hide it. He wants you to expose it. And what I want you to know today, maybe you're new in this place. Maybe this is your first time. You are free to walk in here with this stuff. You are free to walk onto this premise with all of this stuff. Because as you, as you pursue Jesus, and I'm going to talk about specifically how we, how, how we go through this process. As you get together with other believers, what will happen is this, this, this will start to come off. Let's go to the scripture right here. Look what Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says. I love this. Therefore, someone say Therefore. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, I'm so grateful that I have saints in my life who who, who know the voice of God way better than I do. Watch this. Because of those folks, Scripture says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Now watch this. This is what the Lord has for you. It says, let us us run. Someone say run. Let us run, not walk. Some of you have walked in here and you're crawling today. He, he didn't create you to crawl. He didn't create you to, to walk. He didn't create you to limp. He didn't create you to walk backwards. He created you to run with endurance the race God has set before 
us. That's what he has for you. So the question is, how do we begin the process of stripping off this weight? Let me, let me, let me tell you what I believe, and it's, 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 it's according to scripture and even life experiences. You begin stripping off the weight through intentional community. It starts with intentional community. What, what do you mean by that, JF? It starts with doing life with other Jesus followers. And, 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 and you say, why did you use the word intentional? Because it's hard. Because people are messy and they're broken and they let you down. Sometimes they'll betray you. Sometimes they'll say something mean. And our flesh wants to pull away from people because it's scary and messy. But we are called to do life in community with other Jesus followers. Our culture constantly is promoting individualism. Do it on your own. You got this. Go get them. But when you fail, it's all your fault. (laughs) Right? But Jesus promoted community in such a radical way, such a dramatic way. Not only was it part of his Jewish culture, but he, but he promoted it and modeled it in such a dramatic way. Do you really think the Son of God needed a band of 12 Motley Crue dudes to fulfill his assignment on earth? Absolutely not! But he knew that 2,000 plus years later, there was going to be a dude named JF who needs this picture of what he wanted for me. He knew that we would be gathering here and there'd be people in this room that are hurting and isolated and broken without accountability and they're hurting. And Jesus knew that this was going to be happening. And so he said, I'm going to model it. Not only am I going to model it, I am going to put together the 12 screwiest dudes. (laughs) It was not the A-team. And he said, this is how I'm going to do it. Watch me. Watch me. Hebrews 10, verses 23 through 25. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Verse 25, and here it is. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. This, this, this is not talking about large gatherings like this. It's, it's talking about breaking it down. Smaller groups. Small groups. Look at that. This is how Jesus taught us to live. Would you like to hear the saddest verse in the Bible? No? Are you, are you, are you ready to hear this? this? This is the saddest verse in the Bible. It comes from Ecclesiastes. Are you ready for this? This is so sad. Someone go, oh. Look at this. Ecclesiastes 4.8. 
there was a man all alone. He had neither son or brother. Think about that. So he's all alone, doesn't have a son or brother. This doesn't necessarily mean a biological son or brother. It just means no one to actually pour his life into, no one to walk with. And as a result, look at this, so sad. There was no end to his toil. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. So here's this dude. Looks like he's got all of this money in the world. But he didn't have anybody. So he toiled. Community is imperative for our spiritual health. So the first step to finding freedom is number one, you have to accept Jesus, number one. Accept him into your life. But, 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 but it doesn't stop there. Then you begin the journey of getting into community because where there is community, there's true freedom. And the enemy doesn't want you to do that because he knows that there's real life and real healing in community. He wants to isolate you. He wants to fill you with pride that you've got it all together and you're fine and and what do we do? We isolate, we pull away over and over again. And this is what he wants to do. He wants to get you away from the group. If he can get you isolated, you become a sitting duck, man. This is what he does. Maybe you experienced this, where you were a part of something and then someone in that group hurt you and you said, I knew, I knew these people were like this, I'm out of here. And you pulled away and it, it spiraled into two weeks into six months, five years, where you isolated and and, and the enemy just came after you. That's what he does. He wants to get you alone. Any Animal Planet fans in the house? Do we have any? I I, I like it when on Animal Planet when they're showing the Serengeti. You know what I'm talking about? Serengeti and it's like just, you know, drones are up high and you just see like animals everywhere. And and then then there's there's always that one that one episode where all the water buffalo, you know what I'm talking about? The horns and everything. And they're, and they're all, and, they're, and they're, 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 they're migrating, but they're real tight. And then there's always that one cheetah. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's that one cheetah. And, and he's like, and the cheetah stalks. And he's doing this number. And, and you're like, hey, hey, water buffalo, check it out. Cheetah, cheetah, and he's doing this thing, and he's just stuck, and, 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 and they're all tight. And then all of a sudden, that cheetah gets real close. And, and what do these water buffalo do? They get super tight, and they've got each other's backs, and they're like, you know, doing this and all this stuff. But they're all tight together, and the cheetah cannot get to them. Why? Because they're all together. But there's always that one dumb water buffalo, isn't there? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? He'll just, for whatever reason, uh, he'll just take off running. You're like, no, your life is over. And that cheetah just, right on his back. And he's just right clawing at him. And the thing's like, ah, right, you know. What a dramatic visual of how the enemy attacks. I'm telling you, when you're with your small group or or your folks, your people, and they're praying for you, and you're together, and, and, and you're on, on a tech group text, I'm struggling here, and you got nine, I'm praying right now, nine people right back, we're praying right now, I'm telling you, the enemy can't get to you, but man, if you got nobody, he will, ju- he will take you out, 
And the reason why I say this is because I've seen it happen to too many of my friends, including myself. So here we go. Let me give you quickly three common questions of community. Here's the questions. If you're taking notes, these were really helpful for me. Here's the first question. What are the excuses? Or, or why do we not engage in community? Here's the second question. Why is it essential? Why do we really need it? And then here's the third question. How does it enrich? How does it benefit us? I'm doing the, I'm doing the E thing, all right? So number one, let's look at it. What are the excuses? And I've got a handful of them here. Number one, naivety. What is that word, JF? Well, meaning lack of experience. Some of you just don't really have any real experience doing community, being maybe in a small group. And consequently, you've never really experienced the benefits of what community can do for you. Maybe you do everything on your own because you truly believe that you, that, that you can figure it out for yourself, but you're, but you're, but you're not able to. And you can't figure it out. So it's like pride enters in and, and you're like, I can do it on my own. I remember the story of Muhammad Ali. Any Muhammad Ali fans in the house? I was thinking about Muhammad Ali and there's a story where he gets on an airplane and they're getting ready to, uh, you know, taxi down and, and take, take off. And the flight attendant comes over to Muhammad Ali and says, Sir, we're about to take off. You got you to buckle your seatbelt. Muhammad Ali looked at the flight attendant and said, Superman doesn't need a seatbelt to fly. <laughs> and the flight attendant said, Superman doesn't need an airplane to fly either. <laughs> Some of you have been doing life alone. Some of you have even crashed. And it sure would have been nice to have had the seatbelt of a couple brothers or a couple sisters in your life that would have helped you absorb the impact. We need each other. So naivety is one of the excuses. Here's another one. Temperament. Write that down. Temp- temperament. Let me let you into my life a little bit. Um, I'm actually an introvert. I, I'm, I'm really not an extrovert. Like, like this, what I'm doing, this, 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 this takes work for me. Like, I, 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 gotta, I gotta work at this because I'm, I'm, I'm naturally introverted. I like my little man cave. You know what I'm talking about? My, my sports center. I like to kind of get on, you know, do my, you know, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, that's, my, that's, that's my nature is, is to be introverted. And so sometimes, historically, getting together in a group, that was a little bit harder for me. I, I, had, to like, I had to like work at it for so many reasons. And, and, and so I just got to a place where I couldn't let my introverted personality keep me from growing. I have a really good buddy. His name is Antonio. And Antonio loves to go to the gym. And he's huge, big dude. And he loves it. He's always putting social media, I mean, he's massive. And, and, and he's, oh, JF, you got to get in here with me, man. 
And I got to tell you, like, I don't really like going to the gym. Just being honest. I don't really, it's, it hurts. I don't like working out. <laughs> but I just, had a, I just had a birthday last week and I turned 38. And I, I really need to go to the gym. <laughs> right? So that I can keep growing and not, you know, for all the health reasons, right? We have to engage just because of our temperament. We still have to push through. So temperament. Here's another one, fear. So naivety, temperament, here's another excuse, fear. Some of you are just flat out afraid of what might happen when you join a small group. Some some of you are like, like you're afraid you're going to get in your car and then drive over to that person's, you know, apartment and then you're going to get out of your car and you're going to go up the stairs and you're going to knock on the door and the door is going to open and the entire small group is going to greet you with like psychotic smiles on their face. And they're like, come in. And then you're going to like walk in. And then you're going to walk in. There's like no furniture in the entire apartment. There's one metal folding chair in the middle of the living room. Please sit down. And, and then all of a sudden they're going to bring you a glass of Kool-Aid. And, and they're going to say, now tell us, tell us all of your sins. All the stuff that you suck at. You know what I mean? And like, like are, am I the only one? I'm, I'm just saying like so, sometimes... So we're just afraid. So it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to be a part of that cult. You know what I'm talking about? I'm with you. I know I'm the pastor, but I, I, I get it. I get it. So, so we get afraid. So we go, I don't want I, I to deal with that. That's, that's too scary. What are, what are they going to talk about? What's going to happen there? An, another, another excuse is past experience. Maybe you had a bad experience, and I get that. Here's another one, busyness. Oh, my word. We're all so busy, aren't we? This is the one that like plagues our culture. I'm just, I'm too busy. We've, we've, we've allowed culture to, 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 to determine what we even prioritize in our life. You know what I'm talking about? We got PTA, we got soccer practice, we have a meeting about the soccer practice, we have a meeting about the soccer practice and how it didn't go, go well, and then we got to meet over here to get the jerseys for the soccer practice, and I'm, I'm just, just goes on and on and on, it's like, my kids got soccer practice, you know, I want them to join the World Cup, I don't have time for work, at, you know, and so, so we, get, we get so busy and, 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 and we miss out on meaningful life-giving community because we're just too busy. So those are some of the excuses. Here's, here's the second question. Why is it essential? Why is it essential? Why is community so essential for the believer? We have this old iPad that sits in our kitchen. And when my wife's cooking um, dinner, I'll walk by the kitchen and I'll hear this song. And the song goes like this. I'll be there for you. When the, look at the lyric right here. When the rain starts to pour, I'll be there for you. You can sing it too. Like I've been there before, I'll be there for you. Because you're there for me too. Dun, 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 dun. And I can't stand that show. She loves friends man she loves it she loves friends I don't like it but the whole premise of that story is a group of people that realize doing life together is so much better than doing it apart I mean there's episodes where you know like 
we're moving down the hall. Oh my gosh, you know what I mean? You can't, you can't leave us, you know? They figure it out. And like, and like every generation, I love it, every generation has a version, a, a TV show, a version of, of, of this model of doing life and community together. Some of you boomers out there, you remember that? Remember Cheers? You, you remember, remember Ted Danson and that whole group? Exactly. We love that. So the question is, why is community so essential? And I can answer that by giving you the lyrics of the Cheers theme song. Why is it essential? Because sometimes you want to go. Where everybody knows your name. What's the next line? And they're always glad you came. And here it is. Now, now, now listen. You want to be where you can see. Our troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. And you want to go where people know. The people are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. Right? And, 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 yeah. Why is it essential? Because we all have troubles. We all have problems. We're all going through stuff. And wouldn't it be nice to be around other people that are in the same boat? with the same problems, with the same troubles, so that we can actually work it out together, where they actually know who you are, where they actually know your name. When you walk in, they say, Sarah, it's so good to see you. How can I pray for you today? Bob, man, I've been thinking about you all week. Get over here right now. Tell me what's going on. Larry, I've heard about your cancer situation. The whole group's been praying for you. In fact, we're gonna go with you to your next chemo process, right? It's, it's so big, man. Community is essential because as followers of Jesus, we need each other. And the first step of finding true freedom is saying yes to Jesus, but then engaging in this exercise that for me is hard. For most people is hard. But I can't tell you how much it blesses me when somebody knows my name, someone loves me, when I can go to sleep at night knowing that I got brothers in my life that are praying for me for very specific things. I don't know how you do it without community in your life. When, when I was a kid, I grew up at Life Center. And uh, I remember uh, there was these bumper stickers that Life Center printed, this is like in the late 80s, that said, the joy of belonging. And I'd drive, a little kid driving around Tacoma, I'd see all these stickers on the back of people's cars. It said, the joy of belonging. There's a joy when you know you belong to something. Those, those, all those characters, Phoebe, and I don't even know all their names, right? There was like a joy there because they belonged to each other. We are wired to belong. It's in our DNA. And it's found throughout scripture. Look at this passage of scripture, Romans chapter 12, verses four through five. It says this, 
For, for just as each of us has one body with, one, with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Listen, your human anatomy is composed of many different parts. We have hands, our feet, our eyes, all different, all important, but all working as one. And that is a beautiful picture, according to scripture, of what the church is and supposed to be. We're supposed to come together and be one in Jesus. So why is community so essential? Because according to the Bible, it's our lifeline. And it's the engine that ignites spiritual growth and vitality in our lives. So we went through some of the excuses. We went through why it's essential. As the band comes back, here's, here's the last area, and that is, how does it enrich? How does it enrich? How does community really benefit us? And maybe you've heard this passage of scripture in Proverbs. Chapter 27, verse 17, you'll see it on the screens. It says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. How many of you know that there's a spiritual war taking place? Ashley was referring to it even during the prayer moment. There's there's a war taking place And if you're a follower of Jesus, I'm telling you, the enemy has it out for you. Just the way it is. And depending on even like the more influence and the more you begin to do for the Lord, he comes even that much harder at you. Maybe you're here, you don't have to raise your hand, but maybe you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you've experienced that. Maybe you started a, a small group and all of a sudden, man, everything in life just started to get weird. Maybe you start supporting a missionary in a, in, a, in a developing country and it's like every time you give something, ha- I'm telling you, the enemy doesn't want the kingdom of God to expand. But here's the thing, we are better together. We are stronger together. How does community, how do small groups, how do whatever groups getting together, breaking bread together, how does that enrich us? It literally makes us sharper and stronger and more effective for what Jesus is doing. And he wants to use you. He wants to use me. What an honor. But he doesn't want to use you alone. He wants you to have your support, your, 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 your team, your group, but it requires us being very intentional. Here's one more passage of scripture, and then I'll pray. James 5, verse 16. Therefore, watch this. How does it enrich? Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be, here it is, healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. How does community enrich? It heals us. When you're able to get vulnerable 
with another brother or sister, and you say, hey, man, I'm, I'm bombing in this area of my life. I'm struggling with A, B, and C. And that person begins to pray with you, you're, whatever that looks like. I'm telling you, you begin to heal. And I don't know if you're like me. I need healing. I want healing. I want to be effective in this community. I, I want to see people come to Jesus in this community. I want to see this place filled up. It's, and it's going to happen, by the way. This place filled up, multiple worship gatherings. Well, how, how does that happen? It happens when you and I decide we're going to make it happen. It, it doesn't happen just because JF stood up and gave a good talk or whatever. It, it happens when you sit there and you say, you know what? I'm called to be on mission. This gathering is, 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 a, is like the pregame. It's like, it's, like, it's like the locker room. That's why we come here on Sundays. To be disciple, to see the captives set free, to worship Jesus, to be gent, gent, all of those things. But you know what else it is? It's, it's, it's to come in here and just get ready to take Monday. Right? To take it with force. That's what this is all about. And he's called you and I to be a part of it, all right? How does it enrich us? Makes us stronger, sharper. In the process, we get healed. Would you bow your head as we close? Ashley mentioned it during prayer. Small groups doing life together. This is at the top of our priorities here at Church for All Nations. It's, it's at the top. And I laid out just a few reasons. How do we begin to find freedom? There's no like secret like boom. And it's, like, it's like you begin to engage. It's, it's, it's a journey. It might take five years. It might be a lifelong process. But he's called us to do it. And I wonder today, right before we go, if you're here today and you say, JF, this is an area of my life that I've struggled. I, 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 my, I'm like you. I'm an introvert. And I, and I naturally gravi- gravitate away from people. But JF, I hear what you're saying. And in this new year, 2019, would you pray for me? Because, because I, I, I want to be, I want healing I want to be sharper. I want to be held accountable. If that's you, you say, Jeff, would you pray for me that I would begin to engage, be intentional in this area of community in my life? That, that, that in, in, a, in, a hand, in a handful of weeks when we do the big launch of our small groups, that rather than just bailing out the back door, I would really engage and, and look into what group might look for me. Maybe you're here today and you've been a part of a group and you're ready to take that next step and maybe facilitate one. That's a scary thing and I totally get it. But you say, Jeff, I'm willing to step out in faith in spite of all of my personal setbacks. If you fall into any of those categories, you say, Jeff, would you pray for me that in 2019 I would, I would engage with other believers, that I would, as messy as they can be and as scary as that can be, putting myself out there, I've been burned by people. I'm willing to take another shot at it, take another step. This is 
how Jesus demonstrated how we're supposed to live. If that's you in this building, on the count of three, would you just slip your hand up? Because I want to pray specifically for you. You say, that's me, Jeff. One, two, three, across this auditorium. Yeah, lots of hands. Lots of hands. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I want to pray for you. Lord, I thank you for my friends in this room. God, people are messy. People hurt each other. Hurt people hurt people. And God, many of us have experienced what that's like. So Lord, I just pray right now for my friends in this room. I, I, know, I know some of them have really connected with, with what I've been saying today. I pray, Lord Jesus, as we're moving into this new season, 2019, this new year, God, I pray that you would begin to speak to my friends. God, give them courage. Remind them, those that are following Jesus, that that the Holy Spirit is living inside of them where where the Holy Spirit creates boldness and, and, and gives us encouragement, gives us strength. God, I pray that my friends would tap in to your Holy Spirit. So Lord Jesus, would you just whisper now, maybe today as we leave here, maybe in the morning, God, ways to engage. And I thank you, Lord God, that you're, you're bringing our church closer together. Why? Because we want to be effective for your kingdom. We want to be healed. And so I thank you for my friends that have raised their hand, those that didn't raise their hand, that are a part of this prayer too, Lord God. I pray for them, Lord Jesus. I thank you for what you're doing in our church as we're growing and all of the incredible things that you have for us. Would you bless every one of my friends in this place, Lord Jesus? We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.